Hey y'all, welcome to this week's installment of The Stabbing Cabin. It's Jesse here, and to my left I have... Michaela. Michael. Elena. Couldn't think of a good one this week, huh? I couldn't think of anything. I was was off today, I I couldn't think of anything good this week. I gotcha. Our topic is cover-ups. So we will be talking about different things that have been, like, different murders and stuff that have been covered up as something else or if someone else had to take the blame for it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I figured this week's question that I, I asked I didn't the know group, that we had, like, we could do nobody takes the blame or somebody takes the blame. I didn't know that was an option. Surprise. That's not mine. I was just trying to think of. Surprise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I was, think anybody did that, though. Yeah. I think That's we're good. That's interesting. We're going to have you go ahead and rehistor all of your stuff that you studied. Um, pause. Uh, we'll try again next week. <laughs> right. Start, start from the beginning and go. But um, I just figured the question for this week is: Has there ever been a time that like you've let someone take the fall for something you've done? Ooh. Oh, I mean, I grew up with siblings. Yeah. You grew up with True. siblings. Oh yeah, I grew up with siblings True. too. Hundred percent. One time in elementary school, I was whistling during class, and another kid got in trouble for it. <laughs> Her face. <laughs> She was like, like, another kid got in trouble for it. I went home and cried because I felt so bad. Jeez. See, I I didn't feel bad for mine, actually. Um, I let my brother Marcus take the fall. There was something that, like, happened between my sister and I, but my sister didn't say my name. She said her brother. So then mom came to me and was like, oh... Well, what happened? And I was like, well, Marcus started just popping <gasps> off. And it was crazy. Yeah. So Marcus got in so much trouble. And he was like, what did I do? And I was like, you know what you did, Marcus. Wow. I was like, in the background. That's just like, pretty you intense. know what you did, Savage. That's pretty yeah. intense. I think, like, just, I think just recently at Christmas, we talked about it. And mom finally found out that it was me, not, not Marcus. <laughs> See, <Whoa. laughs> I think mine was with siblings, too. As y'all know, I'm adopted. And my adopted sister's 12 years younger than me. So I think I was in, like, eighth grade. And I, accidentally broke like a piece dishware that like my mom really 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 liked and at that time my little sister was using this walker it was like this big oversized thing that sort of like trained you to walk I just lied and said oh um she was walking by the thing and it knocked the dish over and my mom was like I'm so mad that we got her that walker and blah 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 and in my head I was like thank god I was like me too man <laughs> I can't believe you got her I was like her. it always st- makes me stub my toe I can't believe you got her that walker mine was when um my little sister Kyra was just a baby like between one and two and um, I was kind of jealous because she got a lot of attention. So I locked her in the bedroom and then blamed it on my other sister, Darren. Yep, so it was a big thing. Like, mom had to call, like, the person bad. to get the door open. And then Darren got a whooping. Mine's not even nearly as bad as that. No. <laughs> not even nearly as no. bad. But actually, this is my premier confession. Yeah. So, oh, and Michaela's never confessed yeah. before. Well, I want to figure out. And the plot thickens. It does. So, anyways, um, we'll go ahead and get started with our cover-ups of the week. Do you gotcha. think, girl? All right. So, mine is Lavina Johnson. Has anybody ever heard of that? Yeah. I have not. She has. Someone's in the background shaking their head, yes. <laughs> we have a studio audience today. We do actually have a studio audience. It's our first live show, y'all. So go hey. ahead and introduce yourself real quick, Shelby. Because you're back there. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Shelby, just the audience today. There you go. Maybe okay. she'll have some input in the future. We'll see. Doubtful, but anyway. Wow. <laughs> Michael level input. Hater. <laughs> right, real hater. Uh, for all those who are saying that I don't do anything, we have an episode coming up called Hometown Murders. Uh, there's a special surprise coming that episode. That's Spoilers. all I'm saying. Okay. Spoiler alert. Not good. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. There's a special <coughs> surprise. We want them to think episode. that we just sit down and say this is our topic. Okay, record. And then we have it all there. Then no, because there's uh, research. No, there's all types. They know that's not like, true. Like, they know we have the research. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. It's like I come up with this on the top of my head. I just know everything about all these random All of these murders I just know off the top. All right, so Lavina Johnson, she was a young woman from Missouri. Missouri, I'm pretty sure I'm saying that wrong. Missouri. From Missouri, yeah. Um, She wanted to become a filmmaker, but she would eventually join the army so she could pay for college. Okay, get it, girl. Yeah. So once in Iraq, Lavina was founded 
when her officers reported the information to her family, they told the family that it was a suicide. Mm. Mm. Go-to for a cover Which like we go-to. all know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah. And start. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the family was automatically having trouble with believing that this was a suicide because their daughter was known to be so upbeat yeah. and just full of energy, lively. Right. give off that she was going to be committing suicide anytime soon. Right. And yeah. plus she had just talked to them talking about, hey, I'm coming back home soon. Can't wait. You know, that mm. type of thing. When her body came back home, the army told the family that they should have a closed casket because they told her that they told them that she used a M16 rifle to shoot herself in the mouth. What? An M16. Pause. Exactly. Pause. What? Just from the beginning, if anyone who's even played Call of Duty, I'm that not even M16 saying you have to have. M16 is humongous. Yeah, you don't even have to have like a whole extensive knowledge. That takes some that. maneuverability to get it to point at yourself. Weapon to kill yourself with. Especially, right. Exactly. Especially since every soldier has a sidearm that is. Given a to lot you. easier to it's use. It's a pistol. It's a lot exactly. easier. She pulled the trigger with her toe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's no way. Yeah, she wanted to show she could do like it. With her you foot. don't even have to have <laughs> gun knowledge to know that. You can just play Call of Duty for a round, and you'll know. Yep. So the dad was like, mm, "I don't know about all of that." So whenever she got there, they opened up the casket to check her out, and the first thing that the father noticed is that the bullet wound was not in her mouth. It was from the side of her head. See now. Now, you know, this woman is a small woman, too. She's short. So the father was like, there's no way she held an M16 up to her head. Because, like, her arm would have to be, like, she'd have to have the wingspan. She'd have to have the basketball player. Yeah, I was going to say, like, Kevin Durant. Right. So they're like, so the father looks closer and he noticed he used to be a vet. So he knows that that bullet wound that she has in her head is not an M16. Uh, 16 below mm-hmm. it would have caused more damage right it looked more like a nine millimeter okay so he also noticed that she had gloves glued on her hands what the glued frick on? nobody does that no one's gonna kill themselves and glue gloves to their hands well like, this is what? after the fact no they dress them up in their That's army clothes no uh, one glues military. your clothes on but That's nobody does that right right so the family automatically was like yo send the pictures of the crime scene Go ahead and send us everything that you have because we do not believe that this, this is a suicide. Mm-hmm. So the army refused to give them anything other than a black and white grainy picture of her body, mm. which looked like it was cropped. Are they allowed to do that? Are they allowed to not give out? Like, is that legal for them to just withhold? This is the government. Information? Uh, for, I was gonna say the government. So the mil- even if they tried to force it, they're not gonna go against the military. So they get this grainy picture. Like, we can't see anything. This is not gonna work for us. So they took it to Congress, and they eventually got two years later. They got the real photos. This oh, is the end. They got the real wow. photos and the I'm autopsy. That, two years right. later, they had to take it to Took Congress. two years, but I mean, hey. Yeah. I didn't think they'd get it at all. So the yeah. pictures that they received, um, it showed their daughter, which I've seen these pictures. They're pretty nasty. Showed their daughter fully dressed, laying on the floor, blood everywhere, but she was laying beside her cot. And on the opposite side of the cot was a rifle, but she was laying on this side of the cot, empty cot, then a rifle. So it was on the opposite what? side of the cot. So she had to shoot herself like this and, and then throw the, the gun. Rifle, yeah. And throw the rifle after shooting yourself in the head. Okay. That's a lot to do is you're Seems falling reasonable. to the ground. Yeah. She now had to think this. about it. Choreograph it. Yeah. yeah. Right. So get this in the autopsy. She had a broken nose, a black eye, loose teeth. The bullet wound was not conclusive to a suicide. And she had chemical burns inside and around her genitalia. Mm. Yeah, that sounds a lot Ouch, like a, how? This is like for a sure a suicide, right? Down yeah, there. That's definitely a suicide. What happens is that they use a certain chemical that they use for wounds in the army that go inside your body and close up the wounds so that you don't die. But the thing is, is the only way to get it out, you have to cut it out. So someone was hiding a rape. You know why? Because previously, a couple months earlier, she reported to have been raped, but no, nothing came from it. Well, we all know how that goes. Yes, so. the military. That's a whole other podcast we can right. do. Right. <laughs> It's a whole, whole other episode there. Whole nother, that's a whole other series we can do. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all the information because the government refuses to do anything yes. else. Well, of course. Of course. They you know still stick to the story that this is a, a suicide. suicide. She did this she to got, herself. What happened was she got in a fight and lost, and she was so yeah. sick about it that she probably killed herself. After know? shoving chemicals up, up her, her vajay. Yeah. yeah. And booty, you know. Yeah. 
just make definitely how someone would kill themselves. That's yeah. definitely like my first thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, that sounded Sleeping like a suicide. Pills? Are you sure nah. it's a cover up? Right. Yeah. And we, most women don't kill themselves by shooting themselves anyway. Yeah. Women are more likely to poison themselves. Poison yeah, themselves women are more or... likely to do pills or poison Bye-bye. because, like, women have like subconsciously are like have a thing about their face, like they don't want to mess up their face. Right, that's actually very true. It's true. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. That was actually a study that we did when I was doing my forensics and class and stuff like that. When Detective Roberts was learning how to be a detective, mm-hmm. and when I was at detective school. Yay. Okay, Michaela, I like that. Yay. Yeah, it wraps minds. I said minds. My. It wraps <laughs> mine up. Yeah. Wow. Yay. Okay. Um. Um. So short and sweet. Yeah. I like yeah, that it. was short. Okay. Yeah. Good way to kick it off. I, I like mean, it I a hit lot. all the pointers. Well, listen, I had other notes, but I forgot my notebook at home. So this is a quick note. Hit I mean, boom, boom, bang, bang. How many other notes can you make when they won't even release any information in the first place? Yeah, There's not much you can do, you government know? Government cover-ups yeah, are more, hard though. to do because... Right, they don't, because they don't, they're they pretty good at everything. it. <laughs> but it was more from, like, the family's point of view. So right. it's like, I'm pretty sure they have, like, a documentary coming out. Hey, if they want to know more, they can go watch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just pop on, watch it a little bit. Watch that documentary. Yeah, the government's pretty good at covering up their crap, so... Oh, they're fabulous. Fabulous at it. Very, very good. They are. Well, I guess it's my turn. All right, Jesse, let's get um, it. For all of you movie fans out there, there's this movie called Hollywood Land based on this, so you should definitely check it out. But do I have any Superman fans in the house? Nope, Batman. No. I'm Our audience, audience likes I'm Superman. not a DC fan. <laughs> I'm not a DC ahead. fan. I'm more of a Marvel fan, too, but you like George... Superman? Can't with you. <laughs> you have to kick the audience out. <laughs> yep. So that, that audience member we just talked about is no longer here. Oh, wow. <laughs> so um, I'm going to be talking about George Reeves today, not to get confused with Christopher Reeves, who also who was, played Superman. Yeah, also played Superman. George kind Reeves. Of ironic. <laughs> yes. It is very ironic. George Reeves played Superman from 1951 to 1959 in a TV show called The Adventures of Superman. And I was told to start this off by saying Superman died, and it wasn't from kryptonite. So wow, Boo. I told you that. <laughs> one of my coworkers Boo. when I was doing my notes oh, today. Try um, harder next time. <laughs> Dang, we can uh, get their like name that. later. And we talk to them. We'll talk Boo. to them. Most them, I'll tell you the name. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah. Wow. So he was born on January fifth, nineteen fourteen, in Woolstock, Iowa, and his childhood was kind of a little weird because his parents separated and then he never saw his dad again he was adopted but then after his mom got a divorce from his adoptive father she said that he committed suicide even though he didn't he didn't know that his adoptive father was actually alive for several years suicide is the number one thing that everyone tries to cover up yes oh it's suicide that's what this is yeah it's the number one (laughs) but um he started acting and singing at a young age um got married divorced after 10 years his first film role was michaela's favorite movie gone with the wind hey he played um one of scarlett o'hara's suitors at the beginning of the movie one of the tarleton twins oh for real yeah. He had to say, dye his hair oh. red for the scene. I would say that's a pretty good start to your career. I think you love that movie. <laughs> it's my um, favorite. But due to his performance in that and by MGM, someone from Warner Brothers saw him and signed him. Um, so he just starred in several B pictures, two of them with Ronald Reagan. Um, and then he was drafted for World War II. He was a performer in the Air Force and then directed some movies. And then after the war, he returned to Hollywood. But things kind of slowed down for our boy, so... He kind of, like, you know, hit his, like, you know, momentum. He He had already peaked peaked before the war. Um, So he just got cast in, like, a couple serials and everything just because he was good at remembering lines and he had, like, a manly build. But in June 1951, he got offered the role of Superman, and he was back at it. Um, He thought TV was a risk, but he was willing to do it. He became a national celebrity, tried to be the perfect role model for everyone. He even quit smoking because he stopped smoking in front of kids when he was doing public appearances and then just slowly waned away from it because he didn't right. think that was a very... Well, at least something good came out of that, this. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, around this time, he began a relationship with Tony Mannix, who was married to the MGM GM, Eddie Mannix. So she was married, and he started having a relationship with her because uh, her, and her, husband, this is going. her and her husband had an open marriage. 
Yeah, I can see. So they about. both were like, he was like with some Japanese lady. That's what I learned in the movie. And then she was allowed to date whoever she wanted to date. Mm, still not going down a good path right now. <clears throat> no. True. That was a good start. And then after the second season of Superman, he was with her. She told him to follow his dreams. He wanted to quit because he was 40 and he felt like at 40 you should not be playing a kid's superhero. But they increased the salary. I would play. Tell that like, to okay. Robert Downey Jr. That was <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, Robert Downey Jr. played that up. <laughs> so other than the last season of Superman, his last role that he had was playing Superman in a 1957 episode of I Love Lucy. And his last theatrical production was a year that before. That was him? Yeah. That's crazy. Superman was in I Love Lucy? Yeah. Yeah, for like a hot second. It was just one episode. Like, little Ricky has a birthday party. She wants Superman to come. Originally, she's told she he can't. So she's Superman. Roof. She gets on the roof, gets trapped, and then he comes yeah. out and saves her. Gotcha. It's a good episode. It's in color, too, for people that hate black and white things. Um, But his last theatrical production was 1956's Westward Ho! The Wagons. That was before I Love Lucy. And um, he was quoted as saying, after I Love Lucy, Superman was no longer a challenge to him because he was able to do it anyway. Um, He ended his relationship with Mannix in 1958 and announced his engagement to socialite Leonore Lemon, who he was supposed to marry... On June 19th of 1959. He was getting around. Yes. Yeah, he, he made his... Jumping. Um, right. He also was having financial troubles, and Superman was the only thing really giving him money. He wanted to direct a low-budget sci-fi film, but that went nowhere because he wasn't able to get the financial for it. And he wanted to be done with Superman at 45, even though the money gigs kept coming. <laughs> you know how I said he was supposed to get married on June 19th of 1959? Plot twist, he didn't. Yeah, because some died. stuff happened on June 16th of 1959. Oh, he almost made it. <laughs> so close. But, so close. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, on June 15th, 1959, the evening when it all started, he was dining and drinking with writer Robert Condon and his fiance. Him and his fiance started having an argument, and they it's disputed as to whether they were in a restaurant or at a wrestling match of a mutual friend of theirs. Yeah, that's, that's so... That's a weird, like, detail to not... Oh, was it a restaurant? It's, like, or changed wrestling. over... Or a wrestling match. <laughs> it's changed over the years. The wrestler, um, Gear LaBelle, says that they don't recall ever seeing that's him That's why they switched it to a restaurant. <laughs> oh, it was a restaurant. My bad. Um, but around what? midnight, Reeves went to bed, because, like, you know, he was agitated from the argument, everything. Mm-hmm. But his fiance decided she was not ready to go to bed. That's usually how it goes. <laughs> so she started an impromptu party with what? Robert Condon, who was already there. Oh, you um, Their to neighbors, Carol. You thought, <laughs> you thought you was going to sleep. Carol Von Ronkel and um, her husband, Rip Von Ronkel, and William Bliss. Um, at around 1.20 a.m., so about an hour and a half later, George Reeves ended up coming downstairs angry because he was couldn't sleep because He's of like, the noise. He's like, y'all making a lot of noise yes. down here. <laughs> Very much like, I feel like Elena would do that if we all lived together. Like, if we were being loud after her bedtime, she'd just come down and yell at us. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I'm very serious about my bedtime. Yes. 100% Elena would be the I like that. sleep a lot. But, um, he came downstairs to yell about the noise. He calmed down, had a drink with everyone. And then went back upstairs again in a bad mood. No. So he ended up back in a bad mood after having What? And that then reportedly, reportedly, after he went back upstairs upset... His fiance said, he's probably going to shoot himself. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what she said. <laughs> and then they heard a noise upstairs, and she said, he's opening the drawer now to get the gun. And then... And everyone was just like, oh, it's funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like this was a murder party. And then they, heard, right. then they heard a gunshot from upstairs, and she said, see there, I told you so. What the frick? I mean, first of all, fiance of the year, am I right? If this actually I would have been like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> like, just not about to acknowledge go. it? I've got to go. Like, yeah, I can't, I gotta go. Right. I can't be here. Especially in this time. Oh, God. So William Bliss, party. who was right. an autobiographer at the time, so he was a writer, that's why he was there, um, he ran upstairs and found Reeves in his room, dead and naked, facing upwards with his feet on the floor, with a .30 caliber Luger pistol in between his, like, feet. Just laying on the floor. Yeah, so oh, so he dropped the gun between his feet. He took all of his clothes off, then killed himself, <laughs> and then dropped the gun between his feet? Yeah. Okay. He threw it, just like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like him. All these people throwing their guns. That's like, um, they waited 40 minutes to call the police because wow. they said they waited because they were shocked, it was late, and they were really drunk. Normally when I'm shocked, <laughs> I call the police, like, faster. Yeah, like, like yeah, heck? I don't wait 40 minutes to get them shot. Um, the police say that everyone was drunk when they got there, and it was hard to get a story from anyone. 
That's, um, um, that's probably the most yeah, true so statement. That's, the, that's probably the only true statement <laughs> yeah. in this whole thing. So if everyone's drunk to the point where they can't even give you a clear recollection of what happened, <laughs> they're going to tell you later what happened. They're like, oh yeah, this happened. <laughs> right. But at the moment, they don't know what happened. Because I can tell you, I've had... You don't remember it. <laughs> I've had many... Randomly. I've had many that's, a drunk night. And I don't. I can't, I, the next day, I still can't remember. What usually, <laughs> like, like usually, it's the opposite. Like in the yeah. moment, I remember. Yeah, like you recall everything, but then and the then next, next day, morning, I'm like, oh, I can't remember. What happened? Um, but literally that night, they ruled it as a suicide. And, oh, okay. No um, investigation. His fiance that night. Suicide. Drink? <laughs> his fiance that night was quoted as saying he was depressed because he couldn't get the sorts of roles he wanted. Um, sort of roles. Yeah, like he was tired of being Superman. All yeah, the time. remember he's tired of being. Oh, Superman. I thought you said roles. <laughs> like bread. On a real note, though, like <laughs> I'd be so depressed too if I missed out on the roles. So like I, I get it. Them breadsticks from Olive Garden. If someone eats them all before I get a chance to get one, I was just telling Shelby how I almost punched the next girlfriend because she took the last breadstick. <laughs> Wow. wow. But it's fine. I didn't. But, um, <laughs> some discrepancies because the mom, his mom, you know, that lied and said that his adopted dad had committed suicide. Oh, all right. So the most truthful person in the story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she refused to believe that he would have killed himself. Um, and she felt like something was suspect. So by, like, you know, combing through evidence, it was discovered that there were no fingerprints recovered from the gun and no mm. fingerprints on the gun. So it's like someone wiped it. Oh. Yeah. Um, there was no gunpowder residue on Reeves' hands, which, you know, he would have had, like, a gunpowder burn if from it being, yeah. yeah, from shooting the gun. The bullet was recovered from the Where ceiling, but the shell casing was found under his body. This dude would have had to sit Somebody under the bed. <laughs> like, what the frick? It had to be um, under the bed, yeah. There yeah. were two more bullets that were in the bedroom floor and were from the same gun even though witnesses in the home said there was only one shot. There were, like, bullets just ricocheted into the floor right next to where he was laying. Because this wasn't a party where somebody committed a suicide. It was a murder party. By the mom's doing, she was able to get a second autopsy done where it was discovered he had bruising around his head and body. So there was a struggle. Yeah. There was a ruckus. There was a... A ruckus. They engaged in fisticuffs. (laughs) Superman had someone strong coming after him. So now we'll get stop with Superman jokes because it ain't worked. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, So now we'll get down to the suspects and theories. The first theory is that it was suicide, and there were two reasons they think this might be. The first was that he wasn't happy with life and felt washed up. Um, Superman was canceled, and it was just revived. He's really happy Superman was canceled. The audience does not like Superman. Superman was just canceled, but was revived by a different network. So it was like, oh gosh, I've got to go through doing this show again. And he felt trapped in his role. He had a dangerous amount of alcohol and narcotics in his system, which um, is a red sign for depression. So whenever Mm -hmm. you mix depression, narcotics, and alcohol, sometimes suicide results. So Sometimes. It's like a side effect. Sometimes suicide may happen. Um, they also think it could have been an accident. <laughs> Mainly just the actions. Yeah. Um, the second theory was that it was an accidental suicide because he was known for playing with his gun, and they thought what maybe the he frick? was playing That's a game. A weird habit to have. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and etch that one out because if he is known for playing with his gun, chances are he's pretty good at handling it, yeah. so he's not going to accidentally shoot himself. Well, their logic is he was playing Russian roulette, but my logic is naked, though. Like, who would just play with your gun in your room naked? It's strict Russian roulette. Every time it's not in the chamber, you have to take an item of clothing off. But the thing is that there's only six... Maybe he was only wearing, like... Maybe he's wearing, like, shorts and a t-shirt. Like, some boxing. No, I'm just saying, like, you know if you're playing by yourself. I mean, in the movie, he was wearing a robe. That's true, yeah. (laughs) Oh! Maybe he was spinning them in between. Right, yeah. Yeah, they spin them every time. By the way, y'all, I meant to mention this earlier. To me, the funniest part about this movie is the fact that Ben Affleck plays George Reeves. No. Before he got cast as Superman in those terrible DC Oh, before he got cast as Batman in those terrible DC movies. No freaking way. Yeah. That's kind of hilarious. Well, let's not even talk about who the new Batman is. We're not even going to. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. No, that's a joke. No, it's real. No, he just got cast. It's it's real. Robert Pattinson. Yeah, the vampire from Twilight is now playing Batman. So the second 
Theory is a suspect. It's the fiance. She was known for being a hard drinker, partier, and a fist fighter, and she was known for her gold digging tendencies. Hmm. I know somebody like that. Oh, well, was that me? You about to call them out? Nope. <laughs> I'm not gonna do all that. But if they're listening, they know who. They are. Um. So supposedly. Oh, wow. Postmortem. You remember that argument that they were having in the restaurant or wrestling match, uh, whatever. Whichever one it was. <laughs> right. Whichever one it was. Um. They argued because she thought he was talking to Tony Maxim again. You remember. The Yo, person. this is literally the same story of what I went through. It's totally, From totally off the record. Do you remember the MGM executive's wife that yeah. he was saying? Yeah, she thought they were, she thought they were talk, like, trying to get back together. Mm. And then William Bliss, who was the guy that ran upstairs to find the body, he later admitted that she was upstairs with Reeve when the shot oh, happened. Oh, how, how convenient. And whenever the shot happened, she ran downstairs yelling, tell them I was down here, tell them I was down here. That's blatant. Ow. That's obvious. What? Well, case close. Is this really a theory, or is this just <laughs> what happened? Case this close. Point? Oh, they're, they're thinking it's a theory because of the next theory. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Because William Bliss has something oh. to do with the next theory. Oh, Lord. Also, supposedly, he was getting cold feet about the wedding that they were supposed to be having in a few days, so maybe she got angry about that. Um, and the day after, the police didn't secure the scene, so she washed the blood-soaked sheets, got $4,000 in traveler checks, and moved back to New York City, never to come back to L.A., she didn't even come back for his funeral. That screams. Oh, uh, that's a weird thing to that do. That screams, I did it. Right. <laughs> I don't even know why we're talking about this right now. Right. <laughs> screams, I did it. But it's a cover-up because, you know, it's Still. it's a suicide. So the third theory, other than suicide and the fiancé, is Tony Mannix, the mistress. So the wife of the MGM guy. Supposedly, mobster Mickey Cohen has quoted her as being the only person in Hollywood who had any balls because supposedly she's the only one that could get anything done in Hollywood. Well, she's sleeping with everybody, so I'm yeah. sure she's getting a lot of stuff done. Um, you know, that would be a very and monster thing. She was apparently really <laughs> bitter that um, she was broken up with for his fiance. Like, she liked being with him. So the fact that he broke up with her. She's really salty. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Reeves felt like she was responsible for certain events that were happening leading up to his death. Oh. So um, he started receiving menacing silent calls in the middle of the night. So someone would call, he'd say hello, like at an odd time in the middle of the night, and there'd be no one talking on the other end. Um, his dog, Sam, got abducted. What? These women and these dogs, I swear. <laughs> There's some dog abductions going on. And then April 8th, which was about, you know, a little over a month before, he had lost control of his Jaguar car, car mm-hmm. and hit a cement barrier. And because of this, he had to be on painkillers until he died, which is why he had all the narcotics in his system. Oh. Um, but the mechanic said his brake fluid was drained. So someone had someone tampered with his brake fluid. Someone tried to kill him already once. Yes. I don't have any brake fluid. <laughs> so. Michaela tried to kill herself. For the here. record, she doesn't drive her car. <laughs> <laughs> for the record. <laughs> so this is why a lot of people, like, you know, aren't just pinning it on the fiancé, because this seems a little suspect in itself. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, someone... But, I mean, the fiancé could have done that to his car, too, I guess, but... True. Um, but Tony Mannix's husband was known for doing cover-ups in the past. Joan Crawford, she had porn out there, and he got every single copy of her porn that had been distributed to mm, disappear when she got But this, making porn disappear and covering up a murder are two totally different also, things. Also, Clark Gable accidentally killed... Um, Tosca You're not about Rulin. to sit here and talk about my car, Gable. In a car accident. Guy. It wasn't on purpose, purpose. I know. It but it was an accidental killing, and he covered it up as... He didn't cover it up. I'm talking about her husband. MGM did. Yeah, MGM. He's the GM of MGM. He covered oh, it up yeah, just did. to make sure that um, Clark Gable's... His to, reputation. Yeah, to make sure Clark Gable's reputation didn't get ruined. And then William Bliss, who was the guy that ran upstairs, the autobiographer that, like, you know, discovered the body, people were confused as to why he was even in the house in the first place, and he could have been hired as a hitman to kill George Reeves. Hey. I feel like we're reaching. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that one's a bit of a reach. No, no, we're getting there. They say normally the simplest theory is the right one, and I feel like the simplest theory is that his fiance wanted him to die. Well, there's a reason that they think he was the hitman. I'm getting that. So one of the main reasons they feel like Tony Mannix may have had something to do with it was that night she called Lois Lane crying. Like, the actress that played in Lois Lane, not, like, the Lois... No, I was like, what? <laughs> I picked up on that. I was like... Let those... I was like, I know Lois Lane is fictional. <laughs> um, she called Lois Lane actress Phyllis Coates hysterical about his death. But it wasn't even announced yet, and the actress was confused about what oh. she was talking about. Like, nobody knew about it. 
Oh. Mm, that is suspicious. And later in life, Tony Mannix confessed to a priest because she felt like she was going to go to hell and had to confess something she's never talked to anyone about. And she told the priest that she had him killed and that she felt responsible for it. Well, she confessed. Why are How we even talking about this? How is this a cover-up? The reason it might be a cover-up is because she had Alzheimer's when she said this. Oh, uh, she might be confused then. You can't yeah. even take her serious. But that's why people think if the hitman theory that she set, mentioned could check out at all, it may have been William Bliss that was right. hired to do it, since he never really messed with them. I think the one thing we can all agree on is this definitely wasn't a suicide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's just a mess. Right. One of the biggest... One of the biggest poster childs of Superman, George Reeves, passed away from a supposed suicide, but was definitely murdered. So. Definitely Yeah, murdered. I'm going to go ahead and say it was definitely murdered. No question so. on that I'm putting one. That's my story. Cover-ups were hard for me to find. Me so. too. I had a really hard time with this <laughs> really? one. Really? Because yeah. I found a couple. I had a hard time with this couple one. couple in the bag. Side note, I kept touching something with my foot over here and, like, poking it, and I was like, what the frick is that? And then I realized it's oh, Michael's my shoe. foot. It's my shoe, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is this? You kept your cool the entire time. I, I didn't even know it. Okay, so I guess I'm going to finish it out today. Um, I almost felt like Jesse should have done this one. Because it has... Okay, yeah. yeah. And I felt... I, he always does those, I notice. Yeah, I kind of felt like I was stealing it from him a little bit. Because yeah. I... So, kind of felt bad about doing this one because I felt like Jesse should have done it. But mm -hmm. it was really interesting. So I'm just going to try to do it the best that I can. You got it. Um, so, it's uh, Sunday, June 24th, 1973. It's the last day of um, Pride Weekend in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I didn't even know they did it in the 70s. I didn't know that, mm, like, no, that no. they had Pride It was the more 70s. like underground back then. In okay. New Orleans? It was like, you know, not something we publicly talked about. It was just like... How you know? You was back in the 70s? No, I just... I've done research papers. Okay. <laughs> so the members of the um, Metropolitan Community Church, which was the first gay church in okay. America... Okay. Um, <laughs> they are... Uh, a Protestant, they broke off from a Protestant denomination and were um, at the Upstairs Lounge, which was a, like, underground gay bar. Can I ask you a real fast question? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is this the one with the body hanging out the window in the pictures? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I was on the same oh, That yep. sounds interesting. Yes. <laughs> this, this is about to be good. So, they're at the Upstairs Lounge, a gay bar. Um, it's on the second floor of a three-story building. It was a place for them to go and, like, hang out in private and not have to worry about people's judgment or, like, getting attacked or anything. They could just all go there after these events and just, like, relax together. Mm. Um, it's in the French Quarter of um, New Orleans. Nice. It's about, at this time, there are about 60 people left, and they're listening to um, David Gary playing the piano, and they're talking about um, the upcoming fundraiser they have for the local children's hospital. At 7.56 p.m., the buzzer for the door downstairs keeps going off, like someone is just pushing it and pushing it. The uh, bartender, who was an Air Force vet, Buddy Rasmussen. Rasmussen? They said Rasmussen first. I thought said Rasmussen. 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 He just will not die. He just won't go. <laughs> he just won't go. Rasmussen. He, um... Well, Buddy asks Luther Boggs to go down and answer the door because um, he assumes it's a taxi driver that's arrived to pick up one of the patrons. Mm -hmm. There you go. There's your beep. Uh, There's your beep. <laughs> <laughs> Boggs opens the door, um, and when he does, it's just a wall of flames engulfing the whole front staircase, and it smells like lighter beep, fluid. Beep. Mm. Beep, beep, beep. That doesn't need That's to the fire alarm. No. <laughs> Good sound effects. Um, Rasmussen uh, immediately jumps into action, you know, formal, former uh, vet here. He um, grabs 20 people and leads them out the back door upstairs to the roof where they jump to the roof. That was the body hitting the... Uh, the yeah, mark. that's them jumping from roof to roof. <laughs> Um, they jump to the neighboring roof and are able to climb down to safety. So 20 people get out there. Um, still 40 in there, though. Still 40 in. And somehow, I tried to research and figure out how, why, but I couldn't find anywhere. Somehow, they, the rest 
get accidentally locked inside. Like, the door locks behind the people that escaped, and no one else can get out. Oh. Um, That's just mighty convenient. Right. Interesting. So, some people yeah. attempt to escape through the windows, but they're barred up, and there's only 14 inches between each bar. Mm. That's so where the picture are, I was talking about came from. Right. People are literally trying to squeeze through this 14-inch gap. One man actually is able to squeeze through it. He must have been real skinny. But after he squeezes through, he's on fire while he squeezes through, and then he falls to his death. Mm. So, didn't really make it. He, yeah. So, Rev, Reverend Bill Larson, this is where what Jesse was talking about comes into play. Reverend Bill... He clung to the bars until he died. Like, the picture is of him, like, his hands are wrapped on the bars and his head is, like, out, and he's just burned. And, um, it, the body was visible to onlookers for hours. News reporters said that the next day they still had his body just chilling in the window. Yes. Nobody covered him up, moved him. They just let him hang out there. And this is a ever. reverend, like, your boy. Right. Wow. They just let him hang out there. I have the picture on my phone if anybody wants to see it later. I do not. Do you I, not? I've already seen it You've multiple times. It. Our it's... audience member would like to see it. You want to see it? I'll show it to you after. Um, Post-mortem. It's super horrifying. So, Pastor George Mitchell escapes, but realizes that his boyfriend is, is still inside. So, he goes back in to try to rescue him, mm. which was, his boyfriend was Louis... Broussard, their remains are found holding each other when the firefighters finally put out the flames. They're just, Aww. like, chilling, wrapped around each other, which is really sad and also that super is. sweet at the same time. That is. That's sad. Firefighters are blocked by traffic, so they can't get through. One fire engine tries to go up on the sidewalk to get around, but ends up crashing into a taxi, causing even more traffic backup. Mm. When they finally get there, people... They get there just in time to see the people struggling against the bars. Um, And then they finally get the fire under control after 16 minutes. 28 people are already dead at this point. One dies on the way to the hospital. 18 are injured, and three of which of them, of the injured 18, later die, including Boggs, who was the one who opened the door. The New Orleans Police Department declares the victims as accidental fire fatalities. And the... That's how I'm feeling. Uh, 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 uh. That's right. And the uh, chief investigator is quoted as saying, some thieves hung out there, and you know this was a queer bar. Some thieves hung out here, and you know this was a queer bar. So basically saying, we don't give a crap, we're not about to investigate this. They didn't say it in that time accident. (laughs) (laughs) And you know. And you know. So they spend two weeks, like, two months puttering around, not investigating, in quotes. So let's go back to what I'm pretty sure is what happened. That night, a man named Roger Nunez gets into um, a fight in the bar and is kicked out. As he's leaving, he shouts to the bar, I'm going to burn y'all out. I mean, hey. Um, Multiple witnesses come forward to tell the police this, but the police say that they are obviously stressed and dismiss them as liars. Police then go to question Nunez, who at the time had been in a fight and has a broken jaw, so he can't answer their questions. So they wait till he heals, go back and question him again. And the police say that he doesn't appear nervous or stressed, so it probably wasn't him and they rule him out right away. They just didn't want it to be Right. That's exactly what it is. They were like, this dude, they're probably in their minds like, this dude did us a favor. Yeah. Like, they That's don't care. They, it, they yeah. don't want to solve it. Yeah. Those queer people, they're trouble. Right. So, not right that queer people are trouble. Right. That I, I'm gay. Thought. I promise you I don't mean that. That's what they were saying. <laughs> um, he, uh, so Robert Nunez suffered from conversion disorder. He was a gay man, by the way. This wasn't a straight man. He was gay, too. Who? Robert Nunez, the guy, no, the guy who, I'm pretty sure is the one that set the building on fire. He was gay as well. I mean, wasn't the dude who did the shooting gay too? The Post Nightclub, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. The one in Orlando? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, he um, suffered from conversion disorder, which means it's like a psychological condition where like your arm is numb or you have pain in your leg and there's no physical reason for it, like it's all in your head. A year before he got released from a psychiatric facility... He got arrested and escaped 
Um, and the police just don't attempt Mama. to capture him. Like, they see him walking around and don't even try to, like, re-arrest him. They just let him hang out. Um, Jeez. People come forward to say that he confessed. Four, more than four people come forward to say that he confessed to the crime. Um, his best friend came to the police and said that he told me he squirted the steps with um, lighter fluid mm-hmm. that he bought from the local Walgreens after he got kicked out and then tossed a match onto it. Um, he said he didn't expect the whole place to burn the way that it did and that he didn't actually mean to kill anyone. He just wanted to scare them. Well, just wanted to ruffle their feathers. Right. So, uh, Robert Nunez commits suicide on November of um, 1974. So, that looks pretty guilty, too. Yeah. I'm convinced he's the one who did I'm it. Pretty sure. Pretty yeah, sure he did it. sounds like Nunez did He that. was running around getting drunk, telling everybody that he did it. He knew details about the fire. He said he felt bad about it. He said he felt then, bad about it, and then he commits suicide. The only suicide that happened that wasn't a cover-up to me. Right! His suicide go. was real. His was. His was an actual suicide. So, this basically gets no media coverage. No government officials mention it. People ignore that it happened. In fact, a couple quotes from news anchors and radio personalities were, Where do we bury them? Fruit jars. Fruit jars? Fruit jars. Uh, fruit like jars. ashes, ashes like, and fruit jars? Like they're fruity? Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Wow. Um, and disrespect. So disrespect. Another news reporter said, I'm not going to say it was murder. I will say that what was done was done intentionally. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was murder. Uh, Which means so it, it wasn't was an accident. Was so, and they're actually making fun of it at this point. Yeah, basically. People still make jokes about it today. Oh, do they really? Yeah. People still make jokes about yeah. it today? Yeah. I actually heard couple of jokes. Which is really offensive. I don't like it. But yeah. Okay, so in 1980, the case is officially closed due mm-hmm. to lack of leads. Wow. Lack like all leads. these people weren't coming forward and telling them all this stuff. Yeah. Many churches refused to hold any funerals. Several families didn't come forward and claim the bodies of their loved ones because they didn't want to be associated with. Them they didn't gay. want them to know that their friends to know that they were had a gay kid or whatever. This jacked up. Which is disgusting. Very disgusting. Um, anonymous individuals step forward and pay for the funerals of the three unidentified men, and they are buried with Ferris LeBlanc at Holt Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, LeBlanc's family didn't know that he died in this fire until January of 2015, and there's wow. a documentary about his family and finding out what finally, like finally finding out what happened to him. His family was actually looking for him. Wow. He was carrying a fake ID like many of them did. Yeah. To be, avoid being outed as gay if the police raided the bar, which happened very frequently mm. at that time. He, like, left one day and never came back, and his family had no idea what happened to him until 2015. Wow. That's insane. And they were looking for him. Like, they'd been searching for years to try to find him. That's crazy. Right. That's and then there's these other people who know their loved ones were there and didn't claim them, but... That's another time. It's sad. See, the thing that really irritates me about this is, I don't know if you saw this in your research, but before this fire even happened, the church would go to, like, local parades and stuff, and, like, you know, walk with other churches and stuff, mm-hmm. and the police would arrest the people just specifically from that church for, quote-unquote, soliciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, the cops already had, like, a bad rep with these... That's what's so sad about this, is this was, like, supposed to be their safe place. This is where they felt like they could finally be comfortable and be themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and got. Totally destroyed. and utterly destroyed. Right. Totally and utterly destroyed. Um, so in 1998, there's a memorial and a plaque laid um, on the 25th anniversary of the fire. And then let's just shout out some unsung mm-hmm. heroes of this time. Uh, William P. Richards, Finnis Crutchfield, and Troy Perry. Um, they were all local pastors from different churches in the area. And they held prayers and memorials and let um, funerals be held in their churches and mourners come. Like, they got, they were getting death threats, um, mailboxes full of hate mail, mm. but they did it anyway. They were like, no, we're not going to be horrible humans. We're going to be good. Mm. So, like, real props to them. Um, Troy Perry went to the hospital and visited all the burn victims. He said, there's, he's in the documentary, and, like, what really stuck to me that he said was there was a man that was burned really badly, 
And as he was sitting there with him, he got a call. Um, the man was a teacher who was burned. Mm. And he got a call from his school, and they had found out that he had, was, had been in the gay bar, and they fired him while he was in the hospital. Wow. And the man, he said, I remember this man turning to me and asking me, can you please help me find a job? And I said, yes, yes, of course, knowing he wasn't going to make it. And then that man died the next day. So props to him for actually being one of the good ones out there. Yeah, for real. At this point, the fire is still listed as an undeterminable origin, like even today. Case hasn't been reopened. Nothing else has been done about it. And... They, they did make a documentary, though, that goes into lots of detail. I kept writing notes, and I had to, like, force myself to stop because I kept finding more and more victim stories because there was a lot of survivors. Mm-hmm. And, like, they've all made documentaries and YouTube videos, and you can go and check those out. And the documentary was called Upstairs Inferno. It came out in 2013. It's really interesting. And these people are still out here, like, fighting for justice and trying to get the police to, like, reopen the case and admit that it was who we all know it is Mm -hmm. um because i mean at the time they just purposely didn't want to solve it let's be honest no they had no because at this point it's just acknowledgement it's not even justice because the guy's dead but at least acknowledge right i think at this point the survivors they're so traumatized from this like at this point the survivors just want the police to be like we messed up we're sorry i think that's all they want at this point it's that's my that's my story okay all right that's crazy that is sad one. sickening. That is, yeah, that, that one's, one's really that I one's think really they're, sad. they're all pretty much sickening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that one might so be that one takes the cake. That sure. one does take the cake. Right. That's like a whole group of people. Like a whole mm-hmm. section of civilization yeah. like yeah, Right, right. That like they purposely just And we act like it we part. act like it was so long ago, but I mean it was seventy three. It's not been yeah. that long. No, it hasn't been. And These I people mean, are still alive. The people that survived this are still alive. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like it, our grandparents' age. And not to mention, it's not that the police have gotten any better at that either. Right. <laughs> Honestly, that's a whole another podcast. That's a whole another episode too. It's for the other podcast. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's for the other one. Man. Well, yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah. Way to end it on a downer. But. But. Uh, but you know, let's just make fine. sure things like this don't happen again. Right. Let's, let's just try to be better, everybody. Yeah. Let's out try there to be listening. better people. I mean, I'm not Superman. Ha! Uh-huh, bring it back around. Did you get it? I'm done. I'm. I can't with you guys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I literally can't with you. Can guys. we just name oh this gosh. episode six? DC sucks. No. DC sucks. Oh no, we're about no. to kick off a lot. Of <laughs> right, we will not no. do that. We'll just say super. We can name it Superman or something like that. We have to play it back and listen. Because I'm pretty sure there's a gym in there somewhere. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Probably This episode's gonna be named Annoying Background Mumbles. (laughs) (laughs) Right. No, that was episode three. (laughs) No, you trying to do those edits. I was like, this one that takes the game, bro. This one's definitely worse. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Those we can edit out, though. (laughs) So, Shelby, you have anything you'd like to add based on your audience participation? That last one was that was a lot for me. I, like, started to, like, tear up, and I had to, like, open a game on my phone. Like, that's sad. That's, like, a whole group of people. Like, this isn't just one person. That's, like, so many families affected. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. I don't know. And, like, I just have so many, like, gay friends. Like, it just makes me want to, like, just run out here and, like, start swinging. I just can't. <laughs> I can't deal. But, no, like, all those stories are really good. Um, well, not good, but... Well, interesting, recent... intriguing. There just, like, There's wow. still a lot of pride yeah. traits. Like, I don't know if the Columbus one does it or not. Um, here in Ohio, but there's a lot of pride parades that still honor them every year, and like there's a little plaque or like some picture or something they walk with. Yeah, I saw that in my research. So it's like they're not forgotten. So like you know they're sort of just like the people that like you know we always remember. Right until the Pulse nightclub, this was the largest um, like mass murder of a gay population. Oh, Mm -hmm. so. I remember before Pulse, like, whenever I was starting to come out as gay and I was, like, trying to read about LGBT history in the United States. This, this was, kept like, coming up. This kept on coming up, and I was like, Damn. Right, and a lot of the articles I was reading, which makes me really sad, too, is it, they would say, like, the, the nation's, you know, number one, um, like, murder of gay population. Mm-hmm. And then at the bottom it would be like, edit, this article has been updated to reflect that this is now the second biggest, which is a really big bummer. 
I just think that the saddest part about that altogether was the fact that those people wouldn't even claim their dead family member. Yeah, right. that's yeah. that really that's disgusting. Took, that just bothered on me. a positive even, note yeah. that I forgot to say was after <laughs> this, um, <laughs> all the mourners met in a church, and for the first time, they walked out the front doors like into media and let their faces be filmed, and where before they had been going out the side doors so that like. They wouldn't have pictures of them, so people wouldn't know they were gay. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time they, like, in solidarity, came out the front door and were like, Take go ahead and film us. Right. Came out of the fire. Right. Got the closet. See, it's, it's Rose like, like a phoenix. Personally to me, it's like people like that from the past are like, what make me happy to be who I am today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We could bring this around to a lot of things going on in our country right now. But oh, I was just getting ready to say country. that. Michaela, me and you could definitely talk about a few things. Oh, let's go all day. Yeah. <laughs> about not repeating our past. and Post-mortem, though. I don't want to get too political over, right now. I'll say Elena and Shelby, you both could, too. So. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. leave it at that. We're just though. gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Post mortem. Yeah. Yeah. Final, 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 final. So post. final thoughts. Uh well first check us out. We're on Instagram, um, Twitter, at Dust Stabbing Cabin. And we did just get approved today, so we are on Apple as well now. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're listening Apple. to us on Apple, hi. Yeah, hi <laughs> out there. Welcome yeah, so. to the party. Um Fan shout out of the week, Shelby, for being here. No. Yes. Don't approve of that, but okay. <laughs> Um, you can email us questions, comments, concerns. Still haven't got any unsolved mysteries, so. Yeah, confused. Michael's still over here waiting. A little confused I'm by that. I'm pretty sure there's one in the inbox. Is there really? I actually have one for you here you in Columbus. Really? Yeah, there's and one. I'll look at it and I'll figure it is out. Is there actually. really? Yeah, I ha- oh. I'm pretty sure there's one in the inbox. That's actually exciting. Please tell me you're I feel like this me. is a setup. Really, really <laughs> oh my setting god. Setting it it is a setup. Yeah. Wow. It's uh it is. What's our email? Wow. What's it's uh, stabincabin.jam. Yep. At Gmail. Yep. Let me go eat myself off a bridge. Um does anyone have any last minute thoughts that they yeah. yeah. No justice, no peace. No justice, no, no justice, peace. No peace. What about you, Michael? I'm gonna say the same thing that Michaela just said. No it's justice. It's important no enough peace. to be said twice. Yep, mm. I'm gonna repeat it. Like I said, with everything going on, it needs to be said. I'm gonna say, love your family, love your kids. You only get one of them, so. No. Well, you only get one family. There you go. Okay, there you go. I was, I was like, say, uh, a lot of people have more than one kid. Nah, I'll pop one out if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> Let him go, it's fine. I, I can make another. DK, you got some last minute thoughts? Love your mom. Oh, I was like, love, love your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> your mom. Yeah. Da, na, 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 na. <laughs> okay. What about you, Elena? Um, yeah. suspicious suicides are They are. Let's try Every time I try to talk, only me. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I, no. <laughs> I felt like earlier he kept bending down and going. I felt like he was trying to do some ASMR in here. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I think on that note, it's time for us to sign off. So thanks again for listening to y'all. Again, this is Jesse, Elena, Michael, Michaela, and we will see you next week. Bye. Right, see you guys. Woo!